beat. Welcome to Auto F Topic. Hey, Brad, how are you? Uh, I, Andrew, am uh, I'm tired, but I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I wanted to mention this before I started recording. Believe it or not, this uh, this recording is not always super slick and smooth as we would lead you to believe. Um, yes, we are. We are not professionals. That's for sure. I, I was looking up. I wanted to look up the names here, waiting for it to load of the people who participating in our Dart Rally League currently, and just give them all a little shout outs. Oh, the problem there is not us, though. The problem there is the servers at uh, Dirt 2.0. Yeah. They're, they're pretty uh, garbage. They are. Oh, here it goes. Here it goes. But so we've been playing it. Um, I set one up. The first event was Monte Carlo. Uh, then the next one was Sweden. And basically I was inspired by because um, it's been snowing where I live. So I thought oh, that would be fun to have some some snow also you timed it pretty much with the actual monte carlo yeah it was like a weekend late but it was inspired by is what we're saying here yeah so we've got um uh ltt who's our buddy joe me race and anger our friend jared chapel uh lane 944 which is lane from dry uh dry mall awesome uh albino 0909. I don't know his real name. I know he's on Instagram and Big Fat Flip. They've all been running. Um, this is the one from. Did you run the. I don't know why you didn't show up. I haven't run the most recent event yet. Oh, you haven't run Monte Spain Carlo. Yet? Okay. I think I have like 10 hours left or something to get to it. And I, I've yeah. been. The reason I said I am tired is because real life work has been completely destroying me lately and I've been doing 12, 14 hour days. So I uh, have not had a chance to do the rally, unfortunately, but I'll make sure I get get to it tonight before bed. So anyway, they've been playing with us, been having pretty good battles with times. Uh, everybody's kind of close, like for the most part. It depends on like the rally, it seems. I had a couple of really strong, I was really strong in Monte Carlo. I was really strong at uh, Sweden. Um, I was really terrible <laughs> in Spain, but there's one more after this. It's going to be in at the England with, I think I set it for R2 cars or maybe F2. Um, and then I have another one already set up to go. It'll go live on February 12th at noontime. Excellent. And I set it for, I got a request because uh, one of the people playing said that uh, if we could do it for three days, if it starts before a weekend, because he's got kids and he needs to find time when they're like sleeping or something. I get that. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's not easy. Like I said, this my work schedule this past couple weeks has been killing me. So I I totally understand. And yeah. you know, kids are certainly hard to work around. So yeah, so mostly they're two days, but. For the one that starts on Friday, it'll go three days. It'll go through the weekend. I actually, I, I prefer the three-day events myself as well. So, yeah. D- so. Two days is nice because, you know, you get back to it right away, but it's just sometimes you can't you can't make it and you miss an event. So, I, I get three, three days is the best way to do it. Yeah. And people are welcome to join. It's just Auto Off Topic is the club name on Dirt Rally 2, 2.0. And uh, we have quite a bit of people in there, but 
not everybody's playing right now, which is fine. Yeah, it depends on the event. Also, yeah. we didn't really promote this one very well, I don't think. Yeah, so, I think we'll there's an early, earlier next time. I think there's an algorithm issue for Instagram lately. But anyway, that's what we've been doing to keep busy and uh, have some fun because it's it's a it's a pretty like I'm starting to get into tuning. And one of our friends, Jared, has really gone down the rabbit hole of tuning these cars because um, the tuning's like I didn't realize how accurate it was to each vehicle. Like most racing games, every vehicle has the same settings that you can change. Yeah, yeah like you can't set camber in a solid axle car. Yeah, in the rear. Yeah. And you can't, depending on how the car was actually equipped in real life, like I use the Kazi, uh, the RS200 in, uh, was it RS200? Yeah. Uh, the rear wheel drive one in Spain. It doesn't have a mechanical diff. It's got a viscous diff. So you can't set any of the preload or anything. It's oh, just, that's interesting. It's just the percentage of it. Yeah. So it makes it a little different than the other rear wheel drive cars. But it's got independent suspension, so you can set rear camber versus like a solid axle. So anyway, it's pretty neat. Did you watch any of uh, the Rolex 24? I did not. Andrew, I was actually working. <laughs> oh, okay. I worked all day Saturday and then Sunday I needed a break from anything with a screen. So we actually took a drive in the Colt on Sunday. So I did not watch any any of the Rolex 24. I watched some highlights afterwards um, or mostly lowlights. There weren't a lot of highlights. I think they're going to play it on YouTube tomorrow. So you could just throw it on in the background and listen to it. All day on YouTube? Like the full 24 uh, unedited? I, th- I think so on the IMSA channel. I feel like I saw that on their one of their social media pages. They're going to have had the recap of it. All right, but, I'll give it a go. Yeah, I'd look for it. It's it's cool background noise. Like, I just like <laughs> listening to those cars. Um, it was uh, there was a lot of cautions, but no rain. Um, kind of crazy that Wayne Taylor Racing won again. Like they've won four out of like the last five or something. Well, they've won exactly like four races in the past five years, and they've all been. 24 hour races of yeah of Daytona like that's weird they haven't won anything else it was interesting because there's a lot of there's quite a few NASCAR drivers um like Chase Elliott was running it wasn't the Ganassi car it was another of the DPI cars and I can't remember what team it was so they're not super into following us like really really close I'm into it but I don't nerd out about it um so he was running one of the teams, running with one of the teams. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is running. That was with Chip Ganassi. Uh, they had Kobayashi uh, was their top driver. I mean, that guy was hauling at one point. There's a really, he was uh, like in the last hour, he was catching Wayne Taylor racing and just absolutely hucking the car through the, the uh, bus stop and just watching a DPI car just bounce like suspension bounce through there was crazy, but spoiler alert, um, they ended up popping a rear tire, probably like, from bouncing. <laughs> with like yeah, with like fifteen minutes to go, and it was like pff, that's it. They, he had made up like 
a crazy amount of time. And, and, uh, and that was the other thing within like an hour left to go, five of the top DPI cars were still on the lead lap, which was crazy after 24 hours. So yeah, that's definitely not common to see them all on the lead lap still. No, that was really, really cool. And, uh, then, um, as far as like, I think it's GT Le Mans, which is Corvettes. Those are, which I guess that class is going away next year for to make way for a class that was more inclusive like gt3 cars i could be getting most of this wrong because i don't follow this closely enough this is just what i was getting from watching the race but i know uh jordan taylor and team ended up winning in the corvette um, gt lamar is the corvette class for sure yeah yeah um but the i mean the ferrari did, was doing really well for a while the rizzi competition which is the only ferrari running so that was interesting I just I hope that they bring they're able to bring the series back to the northeast, you know, at definitely Lime Rock, you know, at minimum uh, Watkins Glen. I'll try to get out there because I want to see these cars again. I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, I'd really need to see them at, at, at the Glen because, again, we've never been to the Glen and keep saying we're going to go. So, yeah, I would uh, I'd, I'd come home for that. Well, I know what was crazy. Uh, I feel like we talked about this last year, like it was a a plan to like meet each other at Daytona, but you know, that wasn't really in the cards this year. So yeah, well that whole thing happened and yeah. here we are. Yeah. So hopefully so like, like next year, we'll go to next Daytona. year. Yeah. You and I can meet <laughs> in Daytona. And then, uh, we do have another listener that's actually, he lives in Florida now, Paul. And, uh, he had messaged me about asking where like good spots for, from like the spectator area to take pictures. So I know he was there. Oh, that's so cool. I, I think that'd be cool, yeah, to anybody that's in that area or anybody that wants to meet us there can meet and uh, we can go see a 24-hour race. Cause it's yeah, that'd be cool. awesome. I'm into it. Or even if they do like a 12-hour, like uh, a Petite, like Road Atlanta. Yep. That's well, a neat place too. Yeah, Petite Le Mans, Road Atlanta would be great. Um, I'd go to Sebring again. It's just hard to get to because it's like in the middle of nowhere. That's what makes well, depending on when Petite Lama is. I'm supposed to pick up my car again at some point. That's in Georgia, so maybe oh, yeah. we can make maybe we can make that an event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Petite is awesome. So yeah, watching that over the weekend, I haven't really done much. That's the other thing. Oh yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk about. Watching that, and they were doing promos for the. I didn't even know this was coming out. I guess this is why they do promos. The 2022 cat. Um, CT5 V Blackwing. Yeah, uh, the Blackwing name is interesting, but yes, that's basically the the newest hot Cadillac. Well, I didn't I don't know where they came up with it, but I guess the carbon package does have a Blackwing on it. It's probably something to do with like an AMG and an AMG Black series. They have a CTS and a CTS Blackwing maybe. Kind of yeah. the same. So they've got the CT4V and the CT5V and the big thing that like stood out for me that they made a point of to show in the, the promos and the ads was that they came with a six speed manual. They're, s- they're standard with a six speed manual. Yeah. The automatic is option optional, which is yeah. the way cars always were in the past, but recently it's been more standard with an automatic optional to get a manual. So I think that, you know, I'm looking at these cars. I'm like, they're pretty good looking. Actually, I think they're very good looking. They're very handsome cars, but they're not overstyled. Um, they have like the subtle lip spoiler, 
settled ducklid, uh, little subtle ducklid, decklid spoiler. <laughs> the the duck bill decklid spoiler. Yes. <laughs> um, I know, like new super new cars aren't really our our wheelhouse here, but it's cool to see, like we talked about the Bronco, a uh, manufacturer building an enthusiast car. It's not an inexpensive enthusiast car, but it is an enthusiast car. So I was actually reading up on these a little bit after our online chat with our other friend about them. Yeah. Um, the names I strongly dislike because they're new, alphanumeric names, which are terrible. Um, yeah. So the, because it used to be the CTS was the midsize sedan and they had a CT or a, a Seville was still the big car. And then I was a CT5 came out of nowhere I don't even. I can't even keep up with Cadillac names. But so the CT5 and the CT4 are these two vehicles. So the CT4 is a smaller version of the car with mm-hmm. a smaller engine, um, but it's also sixty thousand dollars brand new, which, well, far out of my comfortable spending range on a car, is a lot more reasonable for a performance car of that caliber. I think than the ninety thousand dollar CT5 V. Yeah. Well, you get. 200 more horsepower and a V8. You do. Versus a, versus a twin turbo six. Uh, four. Four? Yeah. Yeah, the CT4 is a 2.7 liter four cylinder. Oh, I thought it was a six. Man. So the ATS-V, which was the old, used to be the CTS and the ATS. Yeah. And now it's the CTS-5 and the CTS-4. So the CTS-4 uh, is 325 horsepower four-cylinder. Boy, they really buried that lead here. I'm trying to find it on Car and Driver's website. Weird. So, yeah, 2.7 liter turbo four that makes 325 horse, which is still a good, respectable number. And it's also available with a six-speed. Oh, and it's a lot less money. Weird. The ATS-V, which is a small one, had the twin-turbo V6. That's the outgoing car. Huh. But the, the, re- the reason I bring it up at all is the the CTS-5 and the CTS-V are always going to be the, the halo car of the line. And with a manual transmission, they're never going to go down in value. No. I think that an ATS-V or an AT4-V might be the bargain buy on the used car market when it's down to a reasonable level that we might purchase a car at. Because they're still going to be pretty high-performance luxury Cadillacs, and they're not going to have that premium top-of-the-line price. Again, no V8, but... Hmm. Where you're talking half the price, probably, of the used market, then (laughs) it's a little less hard of a pill to swallow, I think. I mean, I just think if you are going for... If you're looking at a C8 Corvette, because you're going to spend that kind of money, I get the CT5V. Yeah. Right? Yes, because it's definitely, one, it's definitely, it comes with the manual. It's, it's the gentleman's choice. <laughs> right? It comes with the manual, supercharged V8, and you can take four adults. <laughs> and, I don't even want to take anybody, but I just want the manual. Yeah, exactly. And you don't look ridiculous and pretentious. Yeah, like I said, the gentleman's choice. I'm into it. Yeah, I'd take it over. I'd take it over a Corvette, absolutely. So that's yeah, a cool it's, thing it's, that came it's out. So, it's sort of unremarkable looking. I'm not going to lie, but it's but it's neat. I dig it. 
it's, I think, handsomely understated. Yeah, that's that's just another word for boring. I think. Oh, it's a see, little, no, it's a see, little boring. Hold on, hold on. Um, I am correct. I knew I was correct. The CT4V has a 3.6 twin turbo V6. I'm looking right at the Cadillac website. 472 horsepower. You must be looking at the standard CT4. I'm I'm reading Car and Driver actually right now, and it says the C says while the where the ATSV packed a 464 horsepower twin turbo V6, the CT4V has a four cylinder 2.7 liter beefy four. 320 horsepower is a sad horsepower is a sad drop from the 464 of the ATS. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at the Cadillac website 2022 CT4 Blackwing hmm. 3.6 liter twin turbo V6. Well, then that's even a better car now. Yeah. I knew it was a V6. But anyway, that came out. Uh, there's a new Raptor that's coming out that everybody's all excited about, which Me. I, I honestly thought the pictures were of the old Raptor. It didn't look yeah. that much different th- to <laughs> they me. They have a little bit of a Nissan Frontier thing going on here. Um, it hasn't changed much. Yeah, which it's a good looking truck, I think, as far as big trucks like that go. I think it's better looking than the Dodge. I really, for whatever reason, I'm just not that into the TRX. It just doesn't. Do it because it's, it's because it's a Dodge. Yeah, it just the Dodge, the Dodge trucks now just have that. You know, we talk about the pretentious choice. The Dodge truck is kind of the everybody makes fun of the Dodge, you know, because it's the Dodge people that own the Dodges. So yeah, I I I've always been a fan of Dodge trucks. You know, if you go back to the '60s right through the '90s, I always almost always prefer the look of the Dodge over the other brands. Um, and I'm not even sure that I don't prefer the look of the Dodge now. But it just has that stigma of being a Dodge Ram and being in the the Ram ownership club, which I don't want to be in. I just like the new, I don't know, I just like Ford and Chevy pickup trucks for some reason. I don't know. I like As far as looks from the outside. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm probably a Ford, Ford pickup guy for the most part. But anyway. Um, We're going to have to look at this Cadillac thing because I'm very confused now. I wonder if there was like a one-year four-cylinder car. Maybe. I'll, I'm just telling you what I'm looking at for the 2022 one. Yeah, I'm not going to discredit you. I just I was reading something that to me sounded like the right answer, and then it wasn't. So, so the Raptor is kind of neat. Um, still is a twin-turbo EcoBoost V6, so not the. it doesn't have the horsepower to compete with this TRX, which... I don't know. It's kind of excessive for an off-roady type vehicle, but whatever. Apparently, they're going to come out with a Raptor R at some point, and that'll have the V8. So this new one is also a V6, kind of like the outgoing one was. Yeah, yeah. They sounded weird, but again, whatever. It's a V6. I, it's I it's 2021. Care. Things are downsizing a little in the engine department. It does have a a Baja exhaust mode which is like the super loud mode. And you can get it with 37s factory, which is kind of crazy. Do you need to lift it? No. <laughs> Sorry. It's got, thir- it's got 13 inches of ground clearance with that's 37s the, that's, just, that's just the internet joke. But they did modify the frame to fit a 37-inch um, spare, which is kind of interesting. Well, I mean, they kind of have to, I think, at that point, because you couldn't sell a vehicle that you couldn't put a spare tire on, I guess, to an average human being. <laughs> 
I don't know. There's a bunch of cars that don't come with spare tires. It'd be kind of silly to have an off-road vehicle without a spare tire, though. Yeah, I think it's more what I mean, because you definitely can get a car with a can of fix-a-flat and a pump, which but, is quite annoying. And then it's um, it's kind of crazy, too. Like the, They're like, oh, we finally went with a five-link rear coil springs, and you're like, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Welcome to 1992. Yeah. I mean, I think Dodge has been running rear coils for a while. You know, Montero's have been running them forever. Because oh, the, that's the what they're... F-150s they're have had a, F-150's had a coil before, too, didn't they? I don't They've always so. been leaf sprung. They're always leaf. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's why, you know, desert trucks that run for speed, Dakar, running for speed, you run a, like a multi-link rear you know, typically a five length with coils because it's better and more stable at high speed. I did not realize the old ones were leaf spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess yeah. if, if I looked under the back of a pickup truck and I saw leaf springs, I don't think I would be surprised. So I don't think I would notice it. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. pickup trucks traditionally have had leaf springs, but not in 2021. Yeah. Well, typically you, you throw leaf sprigs in because they can hold so much more weight. It's just a, and it's just an inexpensive way to make a spring. When you're churning out, you know, hundreds of thousands of trucks, it's cheaper. But I don't know. It's cool. I, I get it. I get the performance of it. Um, again, not really a thing. I'm more of into the, I'm way more into the Bronco. If I'm going to buy a new off roady type vehicle, it would be a Bronco. Yeah, we want something that we can do our traditional off-roading style with a slow trundle through the woods, not a fifty mile an hour. <laughs> That's the other thing. You can get it in a manual, and this this Raptor doesn't come in a manual. So, and they're significantly smaller and more maneuverable. Yeah, exactly. you know, I, listen, I, I dailyed a truck for a long time. It's it's not convenient <laughs> when you're going to like dinner downtown. No, you know, it's having a big truck can be kind of a pain in the butt. That Bronco is going to be a nice size. So, yeah. Not that it matters because we're cool. buying more old Monteros, not new Broncos. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, someday I just, I just looked at pictures of a 2015 Raptor just to see and prove that it had the least spring rear, and it does, and that's that's surprising. Yeah, I mean, I was reading a, a quick thing about the new one, and I guess in old reports on like Motor Trend or Car and Driver or something, they were saying how the the rear leafs jumped around so much, especially with all that power to try to grab traction. So yeah, it makes I mean, this, sense. This, it just makes sense a hundred percent, but I just, I just assumed it was already there. So, mm. I mean, you look at every off-road vehicle nowadays and they have, you know, fully independent rear ends almost. Yeah. I mean, this is probably still a solid axle, but still anyway, moving on. Hey, project car updates. Uh, a couple. Do you want the annoying rental car story? If you want to give it. I'll, I'll do a quick little uh, rehash of the Volkswagen. Um, last time we chatted, I had picked it up and it was dirty. And it was missing the piece underneath, correct? Yep. It's been so there for f- almost a month. Yep. So I finally took it back on this past Saturday to get that under tray reinstalled. Um, and I, he said, bring it down whenever. So I brought it down, uh, and I handed him the keys and he looked at me with like the thousand yard stare and he's like, well, it's going to be a little while now. I was like, whatever, just put it on the car. 
So he put it on the car. Um, I wasn't there long. I was probably there a half hour, which is too long, but not, you know, crazy long time. Um, when we got the rental car, this is the typical story. I mean, I, I, I will badmouth Enterprise Rent-A-Car for as long as I can because they are possibly one of the worst companies to deal with as far as customer service goes. I don't think I've ever had a positive experience with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. So, unfortunately, Hertz Rent-A-Car is having some issues right now. <laughs> so, Enterprise Rent-A-Car is the only game in town, really. Um, they have a deal with Volkswagen where... They pay thirty-seven something dollars a day for your rental car, and mm-hmm. not a not 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 a dime more. So when I got the rental car, initially, I was at the dealer talking to my service advisor, and he said it might cost five to ten dollars out of pocket per day for what they don't cover. And I said, okay, that's fine. It is what it is. It's not a big deal. I'll try to get a cheaper car. Right. I want to make sure. I want to make sure I'm not paying out of pocket. So we get to yeah. Enterprise, we get the car, we're doing all the paperwork. I said, okay, this is 100% covered, right? And he goes, yeah, 100%. I said, okay, because if it's not, I don't want it. I want to get a cheaper car. I don't I don't care if it's an Altima or a Versa. I just want to not pay anything. No, this is 100% covered. Yeah, give all me right. the cheapest car you have. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. So fast forward now to, you know, a month later, it's today. Um and you know, Naomi's looking through the credit card statement, and there's a big charge on there from Enterprise. I'm like, all right, that's that's not cool. Let's give him a call and find out what happened. And so we call up some guy, and he's like, oh, that's that's the uh, overage per day charge for the wasn't covered on your rental car. Mm, nope, I had the paperwork here that shows that you know the amount of the car and that you covered every day we had it, and that was 100, percent and there was zero due at the end. And he's like, nope, that's not how it works. And I was like, but that's what the paperwork says, and that's what you guys told us. Well, let me call the Volkswagen dealer. Okay, I'll call you right back. Okay. Fast forward four hours, we haven't gotten a phone call. So we call Enterprise again, speak to somebody else who says, all right, let me throw you on hold, and I'll call Volkswagen. Sure. Calls Volkswagen, supposedly calls us back and he says, nope, you were told at the Volkswagen deal that it might, that'll cost you between five and $10 out of pocket. I said, hold up. You're right. I was. And I came here and I said, I don't want to pay five or $10 out of pocket. Give me a car that costs less. Cause I know that the rates are, you know, dependent on car size. Well, not when it comes to dealership, every car is the same and it's always short by, you know, seven fifty. I was like, mm. well, that doesn't make sense. That sounds like a grift. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's our deal with the dealership. I'm like, but that's not the deal you sold me when I came here. I told you what I wanted to do, and you guys assured me I was not paying out of pocket. Well, that's what the dealership is, and the dealership told you you were going to pay out of pocket. I said, I'm not disputing the dealership told me that. The dealership said you might pay 5 to $10 out of pocket per day. Yes, 100%. That's exactly what happened. And then I came here and I said, hey, I don't want to pay 5 to $10 per day. Please give me the cheaper car. And that's what you did. So he's going back and forth with me. And I said, listen, I said, this isn't what happened. I said, I wanted the cheaper car. If it wasn't cheaper, I wouldn't have taken it. I would have taken a cheaper car. And I wouldn't have kept it for the full three and a half weeks. I didn't need it. I only needed it to go to Oklahoma and back for four days. So there's a big difference here. Well, 
that's not what happened. And we didn't tell you that. And we told you from the get go. And you're you're you know you're 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 lying. So I got a little heated, <laughs> and my voice went up a lot. And I yelled, and I might have sworn at him, uh, and he hung up on me. So that was not a positive experience. Um, but again, I probably would have hung up on me too. But he called me a liar, so I feel that I was also justified. You don't you don't call your customer a liar, especially when they're not lying. So we we called back again, and we talked to the the area manager who happened to be at that store. He's going back and forth, and he eventually says, "Oh, I see what happened. When you checked in here, there wasn't a reservation set yet from Volkswagen, so we had to call Volkswagen to get it reset." I said, "Yep, that is accurate." And he said, and when they set up your reservation, they set it up for, I don't know, it's like $45 a day or something. I was like, okay. He goes, so when they set it up for $45 a day, there was no cost, you know, no cost out of pocket. Perfect. And that's what we were told. He goes, yeah. He goes, but then we submitted the billing to Volkswagen and they refused to pay over 35. Not my I problem. Like, I was like, that's not my problem. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, the contract you signed says 40, 45. I was like, okay, but you told me zero. He's like, yeah, but it's not zero. I was like, no, <laughs> this is not this is not how this works. And we went back and forth and back and forth. And he basically said, well, take it up with Volkswagen. And I said, well, I don't think I should have to take it up with Volkswagen. I said, because Volkswagen is an innocent party in this. Like, the only thing Volkswagen might have done wrong, other than have my car for almost a month, is they didn't call me and tell me they were rejecting the Enterprise bill. But technically, that's not really their responsibility. You guys are the ones that have a $0 charge listed on our contract and charged us on our credit card statement. That's a very yeah. easy disputing charge with the credit card company. I can yeah, show them the zeros your- and I can. I don't want to do that, though. I just want you to drop it off the thing. That's all I want to do. So he basically says, nope, it's not our problem. It's on Volkswagen. So now I'm really dejected and really pissed off. And again, I've always had this issue with Enterprise. Um. So we called the Volkswagen dealer, and we spoke to the service director. Uh, and we gave him the whole rundown of everything that was going on with the car, and uh, he didn't need it because uh, he was well aware of my car. Um, I think he was probably surprised we didn't call and complain earlier because uh, he was pretty upset with everything that had gone down. Like, he knew about the dirty interior. He knew about the piece missing on the bottom. He knew that it was a simple repair that took three and a half weeks. Um, and he was... He was pretty apologetic about it. So long story short, Volkswagen is sending us a check for the difference of the rental car, even though I don't think they should, but I'm not going to pursue it anymore. Um, And I get a full free detail next time I go into there for service. Nice. So it means I have to go there for service, which is still up in the air if I'm going to or not, but I might at least maybe go get an oil change and get a free detail. Um, The other funny part of the story was he wasn't surprised at the enterprise part. Because he says that they actually stopped using them about, you know, eight or nine months ago because they were doing this. They were, you know, billing customers different than what the contract said and then arguing about it. Um, but they started using Hertz and then Hertz went bankrupt and couldn't get them cars on time. <laughs> so they had to go back to Enterprise. <laughs> so they were well aware of it and they're going to use this as, you know, fodder for finding another rental car company again. And they're a huge dealership network. It's not just the Volkswagen dealer. It's like a, you know... It's like the the Herb Chambers of Arizona. It's a bunch of dealerships under one umbrella. So I'm sure Enterprise does not want to lose that account, but doing what they did today does not help them not lose that account. So the saga that won't end of my car 
is is that. So I've now driven it maybe about 60 miles since getting it back, and the check engine light has not come on, so that's a positive thing. But, mm. So anyway, that's uh, warranty project updates. <laughs> project car updates. Uh, I patched the tank on the Starion. Neat. Yeah, I used that new product from JB Weld, actually. Uh, it's specifically made for tanks. Yeah, what were you saying? It's like a fiberglass patch kind of? It's Yeah, just like patching a hole in a wall. You know, you, you cut off like all the excess little pieces of, you know, little pieces of, in this case, metal rust, uh, and you sand down the area around it to give it some bite. Um, and then you have a, it's a two-part epoxy, and you, you know, break the, the it's two pieces of, or two pouches, I guess, with a little bit of a seal in between them, and you squeeze it, and it squeezes through the seal on the other side, and you kind of mix it up, and it gets pretty warm in your hand, actually. Um, and then the kit, it comes with a little acid brush and the little, little kit. The kit was neat, actually. It came with the acid brush, uh, sandpaper, the fiberglass, the epoxy, and it also came with a little piece of, like, uh, this rubberized kind of thing. So if your hole's in the bottom of the tank and it still has some liquid in it, you can jam this in the hole and patch right over it. Hmm. So it's, it's a pretty neat little neat little kit. Um, it's like JB Weld Tank Repair, I think is what's called, actually. So anyway, you, you mix the two parts of epoxy together, and uh, you spread them out around the holes, and you cut the fiberglass to you know be a little bit larger than the hole, just like a wall patch in your house. Uh, and then you just kind of slather the top of it with more of this uh, two-part epoxy so that it's the fiberglass sticks to the stuff in the bottom like glue, and then you just kind of coat it over the top and seal it in, and voila, no more leaks in your tank. So, mm. I mean, it seemed to work. It hardens up, you know, within three minutes, it was almost too hard to work with. And then it says it's fully cured in 30. I went huh. back out after, I don't know, I, I did it on my lunch break. And I went back out after like two or three hours and it was, it was solid as a rock. So it, it, it definitely does what it says it does. And the holes are not going to leak. So that's good. I was, <laughs> I did have a, an, a, a dope moment when I was prepping the surface I was trying to get some of the heavy rust off, um, and sandpaper wasn't really cutting it. So I have a like a little um, like a floor sanding da. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'll just use that. That'll make sense. And then like three quarters of the way of doing it, and I was like, I'm using a floor sanding da over a gas tank full of gas. It's probably not a brushless motor. Oh yeah. Probably shouldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I did stop that and go back to doing it by hand. <laughs> but I didn't I did not blow up and the tank is sealed, so I think we're good. Yeah. So just gotta put it back in now. The challenge is putting it back in. Yeah. Unfortunately, again, my work schedule has been so crazy. I haven't had much time to work on it. Um that plus the amount of rain we've had here. You know, I didn't want to try to do this in the rain. I'm not doing it in the garage. It's been an awfully rainy winter here, which is strange. Um and yeah, I need to replace some hoses before I put it back in. So there's a bunch of vacuum lines, uh, fuel vapor lines, I guess you'd call them, uh, on top of the tank that are kind of old and, and pukey. Um, and one of them I actually cut taking the tank out because of the wiring harness was wrapped around it. So I need to replace all those before I put it back in. So it's going to take one more trip to the parts store to get some hmm. some fuel vapor hose. But yeah, there was a the harness for the pump was kind of wrapped around the the one of the those those vapor hoses um 
And as I was dropping the tank, I couldn't get the tank down very far without pulling on the harness, or I couldn't get the tank down far enough to reach the harness to unplug it. So I actually wound up just cutting through that hose to <laughs> move the harness through it without worrying about it. And I was like, whatever, it's a hose. It's easy enough to fix. So I do have to fix that. But yeah, it's uh, it's good. Everything's good. So hopefully it goes back in the car and we have a, we have a runner. Cool. So yeah. How about you? Any work on the new car yet? No. It's been uh, cold and snowy, so haven't touched it. I got the tune-up parts, but that's about it. So you ordered parts, but I haven't done anything yet. Nope, haven't had a chance to do anything to it. Excellent. I did send you a picture of the paint. and uh, Yes, because it's not black. No, it's definitely green. It's just, like, for whatever reason, a cell phone camera just doesn't capture it. Yeah, I think a lot of it is the angles they were taking it out and the reflections and the fact that it wasn't, like, it was overcast and the paints probably could use a good wet sand and polish. And it was just a combination of all those factors. It looked black but wasn't. No. No, no, it's definitely like I sent you a close up, and it it's got it's got like a heavy pearl to it. Yeah, no, it's got a lot of flake in it. It's really it's gonna be a really pretty color once it's shined up good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Haven't done much of anything to cars. Been just uh, like we talked about earlier, playing dirt rally. Excellent. I did. Uh, I don't think we talked about. it. I finished that RC truck. Can we talk about that. Uh, I don't think we talked about finishing it. Do we talk about it all on air? Yeah, it's uh, was it one twenty fourth scale? Was it one sixteenth? No, it's one sixteenth scale. Yeah, one sixteenth scale. That's right. Yep. Uh, it's got like ladder frame. It's like a Toyota body. Yeah, yeah. I I, I guess I shouldn't say I finished it because I didn't finish the body yet. But the mechanics are all done. Hmm. So yeah, it's a neat little thing. I haven't like used it, but it works. <laughs> so hopefully, I'll have some uh, some footage of it moving. I can put on the page. Do you, uh, work on that RS four mini I gave you. Uh, no, I haven't yet, but all the stuff that I've learned um, of the new electronics will make that work just fine. Yeah, because that so, needs small stuff. Yeah, well... Uh, Which, at again, the time when it was new, was hard to find. Yeah, now it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, literally a speed controller is, like, on Amazon for $13. Hmm. So it's not it's not difficult. So that, that car will also be up and running soon, too. I'm, I'm actually looking for a body for it, so... Yeah, I don't know if they still make them. They do. Hmm. Yeah, you can buy a brand new from HPI, um, but only a couple. You can buy like the, I think it's a like a Fiesta rally car, mm. and maybe one other one. But there's there's plenty of them on, on eBay. It's just it's like thirty five bucks for one, so I haven't pulled the trigger hmm. yet because I don't need it yet. <laughs> I'll make it work first before I make it. Yeah, put a body on it. I know you've been putting up. Um, the 164 scale cars on the Instagram yeah, the die, page. Diecast daily on our story. Yeah, people have been really into that, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll continue to do it. It's mostly 164th. I had a couple, maybe one or two 143rds I did, but mostly 164th. Um, telling you, these people, you got to be careful, uh, listeners. Once you, you get hooked on the scaleness of these 164ths, you're like, uh, I don't know about buying Hot Wheels anymore. Yeah, no, it's I haven't. I have significantly cut back on on purchasing not as perfect scale cars, so I I have a guy out here who's my as as Naomi calls him my drug dealer. Um, His name is the Toy Pimp, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So on Instagram, the Toy yeah, Pimp, the yeah. underscore Toy underscore Pimp. So look him yeah. up if you want cool 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 diecast stuff. But he actually messaged me right before we went on the air, and he said, "Hey, I got something for you." <laughs> so. 
he said it's 124th scale. And I was like, oh, that's a big scale. And I said, it's not a red eclipse, is it? Because I picked up that uh, export red eclipse. And he's like, nope. And we went back and forth what the red eclipse was. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. It's along the same lines. Okay. So I'm wondering if it's a car from the same series because they also did a late 60s Colt and they also did a 77 Lancer. Hmm. So I'm hoping it's the 77 Lancer. We'll see what happens. He won't tell me what it is. He just wants me to buy it from him. (laughs) (laughs) Proper drug dealer style. I got this new, I got this new thing for you. So, but whatever, I'll take it. So, I mean, unless I don't want it. He's not forcing me to buy it. Let's change the story here a little bit. Yeah. But he, uh, he, he picked it up in anticipation of me wanting to own it. So, more than likely I will. Oh, also, if you're interested, um, the company that made the 3000 GT that you have, the Puma liveried one, just came out with Galant VR4s. Really? They have the standard, you know, livery you saw all the time, and they have an Advan car. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yep. I'd like an Advan car. Actually, I don't think I have a 64th of the regular rally car. I've got a 43rd. You do have a 64th because I gave it to you a long time ago. Uh, yeah, so that's the problem. All this stuff's put away. I gotta have a. I gotta set it all up because I don't well, remember what I have. Well, I know that I gave you. I don't know, Safari Rally maybe because it's covered in lights in the front. And I bought two of them, and I gave you the one that didn't have the broken off light because I'm a nice guy. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Because mine, because no, mine has, because mine has a broken off light. <laughs> but I do, ha- I do have a 43rd version of it too. Yes, you do. I also have that same. And I have the one that came out, the really nice one. It's not High Story. It's another brand that took like a year to come in on um, Mark 1999. 40, Mark, 40, yeah. Mark 43. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, I should have bought the other version too, but it only came, it, they made two versions, which was the regular wagon wheels and with like five spoke rally art style wheels, which matches my car more. So. Yeah. I should have bought one too, but I didn't. So here we are. Well, it took, literally took a year for it to come in. So. I think it was like a pre-sale kind of deal they sold it under. And then yeah. coronavirus hit and stuff got backed up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what I've been dealing with. Anything else? Excellent. No, I don't think so. Again, there's not a lot of, not, not a lot to talk about. Um, no, I did, the, the dead of winter here for me. Yeah, and unfortunately, the weather here hasn't been great either. I did We did take a drive in the cold the other day, but I don't think it was worth chatting about here. We took a ride out to uh, Lake Pleasant. Uh, took some pictures it of pleasant. Like, it was very pleasant. A very pleasant day. Although I will say, cigarette boats are obnoxious. How big is this lake? It's huge. I was gonna say you have, a, you have to have a big lake for a cigarette boat. Oh, it's it's a very large lake because it's like a forty-five foot boat plus. Well, the lake is the lake is at least engines. fifty-five feet across. So okay, the boat fit just fine. No, but what I'm saying is I didn't realize how loud they were. Oh, they're super loud. So there was there were probably five or six other power boats. There were people out like there were jet skis, there were people water skiing, and from the shore where we were, we were kind of across from the marina. You couldn't hear any of them. This guy goes out in this I mean, it must have been I, I can't even tell you how long it was. It was much bigger than anything else in the lake. Um, and you could hear it the entire time it was out there, even when you couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. They're like essentially like a NASCAR exhaust. I don't know. If Why is that okay? 
because you're out on a lake. I don't know if modern ones don't run, if they run any type of missions or anything. I don't know what the rules are with that. But you basically, I mean, the exhaust kind of comes out below the water line. So I guess that is supposed to be the muffler. But it, as you're cruising along, it's kind of opens up in the wake of the boat. So, so you've got like a twin. They're typically like, you know, depending on the boat, they might be supercharged. You've got like a twin 500 Merc cruiser and it's pushing a thousand horsepower. So yeah, it's gonna be super loud. Yeah, it, it was real loud. It, it was the only thing that made the lake probably not pleasant for some people. I mean, I don't care that much because it's a you know big V8 sounds. I'm fine with it. Um, but I could see being like somebody else who was hanging out there for the day being annoyed by this guy just doing laps in his ridiculously loud boat. So those, They sound uh, awesome at idle. They just got like, a wicked chop to him. Oh, yeah, for sure. So the, the lake is 7,500 acres. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's 11.9 square miles. So it's a big lake. <laughs> There must not be any speed limit. That was a big thing. There definitely was no speed limit. (laughs) He was was doing 70 miles an hour easy. People used to rip these things on Winnipesaukee, but um, they put a speed limit. It's 45 miles an hour, which kind of defeats the purpose of having a... It might as well have a a rowboat at that point. Yeah, having a boat cable of like 85, 90. Yeah, because there is places on the lake where you go that fast, so... The neat thing about Lake Pleasant is that it's... You know, I, I live in the city, like downtown in the city, and the drive to Lake Pleasant, even going all back roads, excuse me, uh, to avoid you know driving on the highway with the Colt, because I don't know the highway. I just, the highways out here is seventy five mile an hour speed limit, and mm-hmm. seventy five miles an hour is like top end for that car. I don't like to be topped yeah. out the whole time on the highway, so I like to take you know back roads. Um, so taking back roads with that car to get there, it's only like a you know thirty five minute drive. Hmm. And, you're, cool. and yeah, you're out the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's there's literally um, wild donkeys <laughs> like wandering Weird. around. Yeah, it's it's super cool. So it's just just outside the city, and people, burrows? a lot of people. What's up? Those burrows. Burrows, yes. There's burrow crossing signs everywhere. So it's a I think it's a state park or a national park, probably a state park. Um, and then the area the lake is in, on all the roads, it has like cattle grates. Oh, so that the donkeys. yeah, so the burrows don't go back out to the main highway. Hmm. But it's it was it was a neat take. I've never been up there before. You know, it's like a I don't know seven dollars per car for a day pass, hmm. um, and you can do whatever you want. There's a little museum or the history of it, and it's got you know, artifacts and stuff on there. It was it was a cool day. I'd definitely go back. We did a little little hike around part of the lake, and there's some uh, uh, old Native American ruins, you know, from tribes that don't even exist anymore. Uh, it was, it was, it's a neat, it's a neat take and, uh, we'll definitely be going out there more often. I think the plan is to, uh, get a couple of kayaks and hang out in the lake there. So cool. Yeah. But it was a good day with the car and, uh, Naomi actually wanted to take some pictures with her camera. So obviously I will offer up my car for pictures and be humbled to know that she's better at taking pictures of my car than I am. So there's some, <laughs> some neat shots that I'll be, uh, posting in the in the near future i posted one today on my personal page so i got a few more no i won't post the ones with me in it <laughs> you know laying across the hood not exactly but you know that's what it feels like to me <laughs> even <laughs> though i'm just staying next to the car i'm like nobody wants to see me they want to see the car and then reality nobody wants to see the car either just me so that's fine <laughs> 
Anyway. All right, cool. So as always, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Out Off Topic, Out Off Topic on Facebook, Out Off Topic on Twitter. You can go check out the Dirt Rally group. It's also called Auto Off Topic. What a theme here. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Erased in Anger. And Brad, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. So keep cars analog and name for the roses. 